is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Good to have your company on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. Episode 23 of Series 8. And as I sit here by myself in the South Bank studios, I look to the computer screen, Hachi, and... I see your head on it. Uh, you're still in London. G'day, Damo. Nice to see you down the line. It's great to be with you. And as I get ready to to do this uh, podcast today, Damo, I did wake this morning with a save the date. A save the date from you. And just to give everyone a little bit of context on this. Not from the, me. The email Not from me, no. The email went out, save the date, the AFMA Awards 2023, celebrating 50 years, the high-powered all-conquering AFL Media Association. Um, and on behalf of Chair Damien Barrett and the AFMA Committee, we invite all AFL slash AFLW accredited media and club personnel so Tuesday, September 19 is the date. So a couple of things. First of all, that is the earliest to save the date. I don't know of a save the date that's gone out inside 10 days for this event in its history. <laughs> so that's the biggest thing to happen this uh, highly acclaimed organisation is that you've actually got to save the date out in July. No doubt you had a whole board meeting discuss the timing of the save the date, when the save the date goes out, whose email address it comes from, who's called what in the email. The second thing is celebrating 50 years. So can you clarify that for me? Because it's not 50 years in a row. This organisation has broken down three or four times in that period. It's had two years off here, three years off there. It's had people at war in that time. So is it 50 occasions or is it a total of 50 years, brackets, we've lost six or seven of these due to in-house fighting? Can you clarify that for me <laughs> yeah. a little bit for those listening at home? There's been a few issues over this. It's it, This is according to someone who, who, Hachi, I believe would know, Jeff Poulter, the great former Herald Journo, Herald Sun Journo, uh, great, just a, just a really good person. He, he tells me it's um, 1973 it was first formed and the first meeting was in the, uh, he tells me the change rooms of the Victorian cricket team at the MCG was the first meeting in 1973, Hutchie. So, yeah, to your point, there's been a few little mishaps along the way, hasn't there? There was one year it just didn't run yeah. under Tony Jones's uh, stewardship <laughs> from memory. A couple of years. <laughs> yeah. So what you need is, you need in the lobby that says, Celebrating 50 years, you are quarterly invited to the 42nd annual <laughs> AFMA Awards. Brackets, eight years of in-house fighting. We even got one away. away. We even got one away in that. Uh, in fact, I think two years of COVID, we did the uh, what everyone else was doing in that period of time, doing the uh, the online remote sort of yep. uh, meeting that we had and, and and dinner that we had, and we got that away that way. So that they probably technically don't count either, do they? <laughs> <laughs> so well done, yeah. well done, chair. It's nice to see you, the chair. And I'd like to hear you take it more of a lead on. Well, we're, on, uh, Broader issues, as you know. Well, we're all. I think we're organised, Hutchie. I, I, well, and this has got nothing to do with me, by the way. It's got nothing to do with me, but I think the committee's organised, Hutchie. So, uh, yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna sponsor the night this year for the first time ever. They tell me. I've offered the same as I do every year, which I'll buy as many tables as you'd like me to for our staff. I'm interested in helping our people, no. and that's my objective. So, if it's one, it's one. If it's two, it's two. It's three, it's three. You choose your own adventure, Damo. Just, just remind our listeners: last year, I think you wanted to buy ten tables or thereabouts, so you could then on sell the night to the outside corporates that you you need to pitch in and throw in little extra deals for everyone. So we, we rejected no, that as a committee. I, I, offered, I offered to buy seven tables last year and bring 70 of our staff and it was rejected. So that's all right. It's um, That's under your leadership. That doesn't show a lot of entrepreneurialism, to be honest. It's a one-table policy. You cap revenue. That's your that's your uh, business cap philosophy. Revenue. I try and open up. I try and open up revenue opportunities for the industry, but uh, so it goes. Hey, um, I'm in London, as you know. Yeah, it's been I want to get that. here with the media. 
Um, so the, the newspapers today, the uh, West Australian newspapers had a fair run here in the London tabloids today with the Crybabies back page. Uh, it, the historical coverage of cricket is has been a huge part of it. So everyone's trawling through. This is what Broad did on this day. This is what he said back in 17. This is what McCullum used to think. This is what, uh, you know, so-and-so said. Best I was this. And it's been a lot of um, trawling through historical uh, anecdotes to try and peer narrative. Uh, clearly, media have been divided here on basis of country only, Domo. So the Australians have gone hard on, we are right. Yeah. Uh, England have gone outraged on their cheats. And New Zealand, where we have a business interest for full disclosure, SCNZ, has gone hard into, I'm not distancing our platforms for this, by the way, hard into, don't blame Baz. Uh, yeah, of course. His fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell so, me what um, the um, word on the street, I mean, I don't know what you're doing over there. And I don't, I ask that because you've got business interests, obviously. You're seeing some cricket. I saw you in the back of every uh, video you XEN posted during the fourth day. You needed to get your, yeah, your big head on that. As I, so I know you've been there. Is it is it generating conversation in the streets, Hachi? Yeah, it's, it's highly emotive. It is um, extraordinarily emotive. And I haven't been in a so I divided my time between the back of the commentary box and kind of level two stand overlooking behind the bowler's arm just to watch the people, to watch the crowd. And it I haven't seen or heard a more hostile crowd in my time in sport. Um reminded me a little bit of the uh Uruguay Socceroos World Cup qualifier I went to in Montevideo fifteen years ago. Now well, it didn't have that undertone um, of, of violence or anything like that necessarily, but it had, it was just anger. This is Lords. The, the, this is Lords the, in the prim and proper yeah. English. Yeah, it's not as loud a crowd as Edgebaston on a normal day. In day, Test 1 was louder than Test 2 by all reports, but it was it was just angst. People were really outraged. The Aussie, 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 cheat, cheat, cheat rang around the venue, and it went for hours on scale, and it got worse as things happened. So as Stokes went out, as Broad goaded the crowd with a bat in and out of the crease, there were little triggers like that through the course of the day that made it uh, worse. Um, and, and the issue just festered all day. And then coming out of the ground, the amount of people on the way out, you can hear, you know, angry with Australia or calling them cheats or any of those things. And you would think that would be lighthearted in the eyes of some, but the majority of the sentiment was genuine apathy for the Australian method and way. And it did force you to second-guess your own... Uh, feelings a little bit in this situation. First of all, as a great Sheffield Shield cricket writer, you've been through many of these things on, you know, those famous uh, games at Bell Revival in Tassie and you know, other esteemed venues. Um, what's the, the, the wacker? What's your view? Covered a couple of the wacker. What's your? Oh, I what's didn't. Your view? Okay, you, I'm assuming you're referring to the the Kerry stumping slash run out of of Besto. So I, I didn't like it, Hutchie. I, I it just didn't sit comfortably with me, and and I haven't deviated off that feeling as the outrage is outpoured over, over the over the two or three days since. I'll time code this now. We're on a Tuesday night Melbourne time um, recording here for you over there on a Tuesday uh, morning time frame. So we always time code it. It, it hasn't died down in, in, in my mind as to, as to that being the outcome. I understand the rules. I know the rules. I know the umpire was right to give it out. I, I know there's a spirit of the game aspect to this conversation. We might move it into that at some stage. But all I can do is, is, is tell you what I reacted to on the night itself. The moment the bails went off, I thought, that's out. And I hope they give it out. But I hope Pat Cummins walks him off the ground and says, come back and bat, uh, Johnny. And and that didn't happen. And, and I get why it didn't happen too. So I'm not actually as worked up over many of it. But I can just honestly say, 
I didn't have a good reaction to it. It didn't sit right with me. I'm still not comfortable with that being the mode of dismissal. But I'm not going to be, you know, knocking down doors and, and like everyone else. And not, I'm not going to lose my mind over it either, like seemingly everyone else. You in the you ground? You us. in the ground as an Australian? Yeah, I think um, I've been a bit torn on it, to be honest. So cricket's at this intersection of laws of the game versus spirit of the game. And there's just this transformational change of the industry going on and some people are on board the change and some people aren't. So what cricket's tr- clearly trying to do is um, peg its laws down a bit more firmly so that there's no ambiguity like the Mancad's an example of that. And it's not really... Now, see, I, I, just on a... that, can I just jump in there? I, I have no issue with, with bowlers trying to uh, now get batsmen out man-catting because that, that that is a batsman attempting to, inverted commas, milk or, or even rot the rules to, to, for gain. Besto wasn't doing that to me. Again, I, I know, and he knows, he shouldn't have left the crease in the moment he did. And he, it'd be, he's naive if he thinks he, he was okay to do that. So this is different to me, Hutchie. This is just one of those yep. decisions that, that the, the captain of the opposing team or the team that got the benefit of the umpire's decision I think could have rectified it. So the, I, I I do distance it from I distance it from what Besto tried to do with uh, Labuschagne in 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 a previous uh, moment where because he was trying to bat out of his crease, which is trying to influence the way and, and where the ball is pitched from that bowler. So there's a potential and personal gain out of that action, but I didn't I don't link what Besto did to, to any of that. So I just want to quickly say that. Yeah, I think um, so. My, my instinct says that it was out and and you're out. And I think in life and in business, you, you're always trying to find some type of edge within the, within the rules. So he, what they were doing was trying to be creative to gain an advantage for their team, and that was clever. So that, that's the way I lean. I'm not I'm not like wedded to it. That's just kind of my instinct is it was fair enough. Yeah, I, I suspect I probably would have done the same. Um, with that being said, I think uh, to talk to the Baz McCullum view, Baz has done that before. He publicly went to Lords and apologised on as a public speak speaking engagement many years later and explained why. And then he's coming to England with this mantra of let's entertain, let's bring people back to cricket and let's try and make the game fun and let's be prepared to lose to win. So that he he is trying to generate that spirit in the England team, in the New England team. And that is um, perhaps not yet um, understood by the Australians who are still got this um, – you know, well, they've always been this way to us historically. We've got to be this way to them because the England team of four years ago would have done the same and taken the same. Um, the um, the reaction is clearly hypocritical from the English media. However, that's what sells papers. So that's what feeds – like newspapers just go to what drives emotion here. Like the English fans being angry sells newspapers. So how do we make them angrier? <laughs> Don't you think? That's yeah. what – it doesn't matter. Like if the editor of the um, the London Sun or the Daily Mail said, oh, I think it was fair enough. Someone would say, go in that room and shut the door and never say that out loud again because we're in the we're going to sell anger here for the next seven days. That's what drives newspapers. That's what drives um, subscription. And that is the that is quick quickly where they moved right. Yeah. And and in turn, some of the Australian papers did the same. Um, you know, and uh, that's that's just how it works in media. Hushy, you know, I, um, over the journey, I, I just love the bad guy and I love the bad guys who are prepared and want to be bad guys. And and I'm telling you, Stuart Broad is nearly on the Travis Kelsey type yep. of level now with me when it comes to my favourite sports people around the world. Travis Kelsey, tight end at the um, at the Kansas City Chiefs and, and, and just does not give one care for what people think of him and, and how he carries himself on field and off field. And he does it usually with a, a fair bit of class, by the way, but there are some moments, you know, that other people 
people in this country particularly would not dare venture down the path of. And Shield Broad sure. equally is, is now the same as that. And I love it. I love it. He, he's, he's even last week when, when some social media um, and some newspaper articles and some media outlets, you know, were trying to present Ollie Robinson as the villain number one. And he, he decided to buy into that saying, I'm disappointed. I used to be that person. I've lost my status here. That was before <laughs> the Lord's test. And then when he, yeah. when he rolled out to bat after um, Besto's dismissal, I just loved the way he was yapping before he even faced the ball. I loved the way he took balls on the head, on the chest, in the, in the, in the arms, just to annoy the Australians. I love how he was having a crack at Carey and I love how he's now bemoaning the decision to, to leave the umpire allowing Besso to be um, you know dismissed without without any form of um, opposition by the Australians and he's now questioning ethics. I, I actually love it all I think he's doing it to take the you know what out of everyone most of us see here in Australia he's fantastic he's a great he's a perfect villain he's a, the pageantry of the game but he just he's passionate and like you look at the, the character Tough moments uh, reveal character, don't they? So yep. Stokes, one of the world's great oh. sportsmen. Like, what an innings. What an occasion. It was electric to be there. And the way he thought it through was oh. so clever. Like, he hit nine sixes on the same side of the ground and didn't try the other side because it was he longer. knew that the boundary the range yeah. was a bit, a, bit, a bit longer and up the hill. Um, you compare Broad's innings, where he was courageous, uh, whether the storm put on a hundred to Robinson's innings. Robinson's got a first class hundred, but he went to water when he came out to bat. Yep. He would have no part of the fight, no part of standing behind the bounces. And it, it, he, for someone with a lot to say, he showed very little character when the game was on. Mm. Um, Broad, on the other hand, his character revealed itself yet again. So it was, and then Nathan Lyon and the decision to bat, and that was electric on Saturday at the cricket. Um, I, I dropped into his press conference to watch it afterwards because I was more of a fan in that moment trying to understand the mentality of the of the warrior and um yeah it was awesome. So yeah amazing. And Test Cricket's in really good order. Like the um the interest in it here is huge. Still dominating the news cycle over Wimbledon as of today, Tuesday. Mm. And um yeah, it sets the plate for Leeds, doesn't it? Well, we'll move off it sets because it is, um, yeah, as we speak, it's a couple of days after it and, and two days before the, the third test in, in, in Leeds. Um, Ricky, you wouldn't have got this over there, but Ricky Ponting's commentary on the night in question, Hutchie, when when it was getting away from Australia, it, it, it was as good as you would ever get to witness. He, he preempted everything. He was critical. He was uh, suggestive. And, and, he, and, and equally, he predicted what was going to happen if, if Australia actually took a moment to, to breathe and, and work out what was going on. And then basically predicted effectively the, the dismissal of Stokes off off Hazelwood. It was, it was just extraordinary. He's uh, He's been in good form. Uh, we, we had him along to an event of ours on Tuesday night and he's, he's a very big deal in London, Ricky, and yeah, not many better global commentators. I'm very proud of our SCN team too and the and the job they did. Last one before we move off it. You you were at the the World Cup final a couple of years ago where where Stokes was also central to the outcome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've, I, I, I was. And... I, I, I wasn't fortunate enough to be at either, but I would argue what he did the other night at, at Lords when he when he when particularly that over he went four uh, wide and then six 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 to bring up the hundred. I, I, I would argue that in isolation was better than what he did, as, as weird as it sounds, given the, the scope and, and what was at stake in the World Cup final. He's, he's played three innings of an absolute lifetime, and I've been fortunate enough to be there at two of them. I wasn't obviously there at the the last Lord's Test at, on that particular day. I don't think I was, no. It was, um, so, was it Headingley, maybe, previously? Headingley? Anyway, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Headingley, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I wasn't there. So that's... Um, yeah, what a what a sportsman, what a character. Yeah. Hey, um, back domestically, Damo, is yes. happening there in Melbourne. So, just quickly tick this off before we move on any further. First of all, um, who got paid if we didn't? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. At the Herald Sun, 
Set it up again, though. Set it up again, please. Set it up for our listeners. Well, what we are keeping an eye on is the uh, stories running through news of who, where money's going, given that they um, haven't got what they hoped for in terms of the um, media spend for the year. So where else this said money has gone is is heightened and on the radar and there's a little tongue-in-cheek focus of ours. I did read this headline as I was getting on the plane the other day, Tomo. <laughs> Dan Andrews, eye-watering bill to fly to China. <laughs> so Dan Andrews is eye-watering, eye-watering, Damo, as in <laughs> the most – do you know how much it was? How many millions it was? Give me a give me a amount of millions. How many millions? If, if it's eye watering, it'd be yeah. it'd be at least a couple of mil, wouldn't it? If it's eye watering, I mean, what's I always the, don't water for anything less than a mil. So yeah. yeah. What's what's the eye watering threshold? Do you uh, uh, if, if you're going to use it, eye watering, you, you're you're in the seven <laughs> figure zone, okay? So we're and it might even be like like uh, you know a, a multiple seven finger figure, not not eight figures, but in the seven figure zone. So let's let's go with two okay. or three two or three oh, mil. I, yeah. I'll play a little bit of Ian Turpy here for you for those who've been around long enough to remember. The great lady in Turpy, uh, lower, don't worry. <laughs> lower. Oh, well, uh, half a mil, half a mil. L- lower. Oh, no. A qu- quarter of a yeah. mil. So, so the end bill, the eye watering bill, was $82,000. Oh. Oh. Well, actually, I'm be, like, that, you wouldn't get to and from London for, for, for 182000 so that's not eye watering to no. me. Have they have they been on a plane recently? That's that's not eye watering. <laughs> well, it's clearly not just Herald Sun being part of the News Limited family, Hutchie, that, that's in on this. The Geelong Advertiser, as far as I know, is still part of the the news family, isn't it? I think is that right? I'm not being. Oh yeah, no, yeah. that's they're very much on yeah. the. Well, I know they used to be. So yeah. I got sent this yeah. during the week too because I, I didn't get this, but there's a front page article on the Geelong Advertiser: City Hall's hit list. So th- this is a version of. Who got paid when we didn't, okay? But this is City Hall. This is council. So there's um, a couple of bullet points here. There was uh, 16 workers sacked from the, quote, under siege community life department. This is all front page visboard graphics. Uh, scrap council art and culture manager. Axe, give where you live foundation funding. Drop advocacy group sponsorship. Put pools, libraries, lifesavers in firing line. And this is the little kicker, Hutchie. It's all on the front page in bold print. Then after we as in the Geelong Advertiser, report on the community outrage, the staff exodus and plunging morale inside the council, dot, 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 dot. This is the kicker, Hutchie. Pull major advertising from the Addy. Oh, no. <laughs> so the whole thing oh, is no. because they've pulled the advertising from the advertiser. Oh, dear. Oh, no. yeah, we've talked about this, the benefits, the strengths and weaknesses of this model. But um, there you go. That continues. Hey, um... Talk to me about the Gold Coast Suns. I I followed on Footy Classified's uh, Twitter feed in my absence from there. Um, the story from Caroline that Stuart Hughes unlikely to survive. It, where do you see on this? Is that is that the way it's landing? And oh, how that, was it going to go? Yeah, that's my belief too. I don't I don't know whether I mean Caro presented that as Caro often does, and and this is not to say she's wrong because she's regularly right. But that was just that was just the Caro's opinion, wasn't it? I think that was the way I heard that. I didn't I didn't see it live. I read it. I sort of saw it on social media today, but... Well, what is your opinion? Oh, what my opinion is that he's in massive trouble. Mass, massive trouble. And I don't think that's a secret to anyone. And, and, the, and the matches they've now dished up in two of their past three, Collingwood most recently, Carlton two weeks earlier, other poor performances this year in a year that they set internally to, to at least be on the very threshold of finals. 
there's still only a game out of the eight, but it's nothing's changed ultimately from from how they've always looked. They'll they'll you know they'll win their six, seven, eight, nine, ten games, and that's about all they'll do, and that's probably all they're going to do again. So, yeah, in his sixth season as coach, I'd, I'd be surprised if he's there next year. But that's the view I've had pretty much all year myself. I thought they did win one thing last week, the Gold Coast Suns. I thought they won media release of the week in the among the eighteen media releases around the clubs. Um, this this was Spin City tips its lid to this press release <laughs> okay. during the week. Hang on, we better um, run that stinger because we haven't run it for a while. We run the uh, Spin City stinger here. On the sounding board, Spin City for Drinkwise. Remember, you won't miss a moment if you drink wise. I'm not spinning here, Damo. I'm merely as the unofficial, unelected chair of the Spin City Foundation, <laughs> dipping my lid and acknowledging and congratulating the Gold Coast Suns media team for what I thought was the best Spin City of the week from a media release perspective. This quote in particular, Damo, got me. Yep. On the back of the sellout, the Suns versus Collingwood. It was, quote unquote, a testament to the exciting football that they've been playing. <laughs> now, no. <laughs> did did it? What, in your opinion, was it a a testament to the exciting football they've been playing? B in part related to the seventeen thousand visiting Collingwood fans, or C something else that I've missed along the journey? <laughs> <laughs> um, please lock in B, Mister uh, Game, game <laughs> Show Host. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. That's that's a stretch, isn't it? I mean, they, they again, well it's done a, because they they do regularly request the the game in school holidays against Collingwood at Carrara. So that 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 is smart fixture requesting. They got it this year. They got a red hot Collingwood team, which is playing football that not 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 that we've seen like this type of style ever before. They got them and they got a number done on them as a result of that matchup too, Archie. And yeah, it's a stretch, isn't it? Yep, it is. Stretch. Hey, um. <laughs> hey, um one thing we didn't touch on the cricket before you move on. Do you know what you know what else hit the cricket in the fury on Saturday on the weekend? By the way, is the Twitter breakdown it was a huge issue with the cricket. So I don't know if you're across the oh, temporary yeah. breakdown of the Twitter, and now you you are limited to a limited number of views per day, and as part of the uh, you know safety regulations and compliance, which is in code for you know starting to wean everyone onto a paying distribution. Yep. <laughs> um, it, it should have seen that because journalists rely upon Twitter <laughs> yeah. more than anyone. They are obsessed with it. They will tweet before they file. Um, your publisher comes second. Your Twitter <laughs> handle comes first. And even and then even when you are published, and for most of these journalists, even when you are published, you then want to be retweeting your own story to drive subscription <laughs> to put you into the funnel. You can be it, you can part of the um the the, the par the passive aggressive retweeter yeah. to remind people that you were first. And then you overlay that you know, the media can lean a little left at times, to be fair. The volume of angst <laughs> in and around the UK media on the weekend was like nothing I've ever seen. Before. It was like someone had had their lunch stolen. It was unbelievable. It's so people funny. Isn't furious. It? it is so funny. It, it, people, and, and I love how just journos who have been journos all their lives just feel the need to, to tweet that – Twitter's broken, and that they've got more idea how to how to run Twitter than than one of the richest people in the world. Yeah. It, so that there's something they've had for free for 13 years yeah. that you're now possibly not as fully yeah. you've been on events, build your own audiences, and now there's a bit of hint of commercial industriousness creeping yeah. into the model, yeah. albeit disguised as outages. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. <laughs> everyone's a, everyone's aghast. It was it was a ruse, uh, wasn't it, when that when that tweet went out from Elon about uh, data data screening scraping data scraping. It was. Yeah. Um, Hachi, we another another regular. So, by the way, just just before we move off that, so uh, again, I echo my thoughts on this. Um, you need to have the blue tick. Um, so, you know, if you're in the if you have the means or you are in the media business. Get that done. You need the distribution, number one. Number two, what do you reckon that relationship's going to look like with newspapers in the future? So, oh. like, I don't know. The, I don't know the exact um, volume of uh, clicks and stories that Twitter feeds newspapers, but I would think it's on the high end. I'd, I'd go it's with ninety-five percent, Archie. I'd go as high as ninety-five. I don't think it'd be that grand, but they well, would okay. be. Okay, well, you, you, I'll, not, I'll be the game show host here. Is it, is it over and over or above seventy-five percent um, then? No, I, th- well, I think that would be Twitter and Facebook would be among the best, the biggest generators of content for newspapers. At a guess, I, I think in I some in some editions, the only generator of content. Now, do you think that Twitter are going to let that continue? Like, no, no, no chance. No, and like and, if, and tell me too, because when when we and I we do it, I, I do it. The only, thing, the only things I do these days is basically retweet. And directing people to stuff on on the AFL platform, um, there would come a time when there's a block on that, won't there? I, I would have thought that 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 will be a step at some stage, won't it, for Elon Musk? Well, it'll be it'll be the the future world as the pub you're getting paid for that audience you're being delivered. So that'll be you'll be cut off from the distribution unless you pay for it. So that that's, whole model exactly. now needs to change, doesn't it? For from for everyone in in media who has used it for free, as you well, say. It, I mean, it has changed. Let's just call it for what it is. It's not five percent of where it's going. Yeah, three percent. But you know, the days of free audience are over. I think. Um, and now, and, now, and, and that, in the commercial world, Archie, again, as, as much as it's going to require a lot of shift in a lot of people, um, ourselves included, that's the way the world works. You, you don't get um, anything I, for free these days. I tell you what, um, I want to. I want a table right now is a part of this. I'm going to ask Gary V that question if he joins the sounding board on how he thinks this is going to shift. He is the best digital marketer in the world. For those that don't know, we've been on the Gary V train. I can confirm that high-level talks have begun. I can confirm a significant interest. Um, he's particularly interested in hearing more about you and your conservative views on media and on life and is welcomes the opportunity to have a conversation with a conservative. Oh, please. I and... I'm hoping to by next week to be in a position to confirm the interview is on yep. in the next few weeks. Um, subject to you passing the pre-vetting test from his team. And Jeez, you've I'm built this up. Like, I've never heard of Gary V. I know he's never heard of me. You have absolutely built this up to, to, to being world and, WWE style of promotion. I don't even know whether it's going to be any good for our product. It'll be awesome. And and the second thing is I've also, just to trade this off, because Gary Vee is the biggest name in the world probably in digital media, but to trade this off, I'm also in confidential dialogue with Winks about whether he'll do an interview with us also the week before. So stay tuned. Um, Yet to be fully confirmed, but Winks into Gary Vee is my aim for the month. Well, just on that, um, this this goes to the heart of where what we're dealing with with Jane Neild as a producer of both this show and Don't Shoot the Messenger. Because, Hutchie, as we speak, I think Winx is in the other studio doing Don't Shoot the Messenger with Caro. Is that right? Yeah. And and Jane runs both shows. So 
We're going second. We're going second. Even though we dubbed him Winks. Even though we, oh we gave him the moniker. And and it's good yep. to have Jul- Julian Bayard back producing today, Hutchie. The, the, the inaugural, wasn't he? Sounding board producer. And, and someone yeah. whose who Spud used to call Julian Baynard, even though I kept telling him, there's no end in it, Spud. One of the, just, just hang on a second. I've got some housekeeping. Can you give me like 15 minutes, Damo? It's a bit long-winded. Sorry. Yeah, might be 15. Thank you. Is that is that your attempt, Hutchie, at humour? I've been long-winded. If we did a, if we did a Jason Bennett workout on this show at this point right now, I know he'd be winning. <laughs> um, Hachi, sources. We, we, we're obsessed with how media outlets reference. You are. I am. Yeah, I actually yep. am. Because Herald Sun a couple of years ago introduced the, the a comma according to an impeccable source. There's no better source than an impeccable one, okay? So that, that's the benchmark. But we've also got and, and, and regularly see well-placed sources. We yep. see references to insiders. We see sources, quote, with with knowledge of the situation. Now, we've yep. got another candidate here, Hachi, for best source ever. And again, this was sent to me during the week too. It, it appeared in the, the front page of the, the West Australian newspaper. It was in, in an article... Uh, about headlined Eagles don't have a CEO clue. And and one of the paragraphs here is is this, and I think you'll like this. Sources with intimate knowledge yep. of the club. Now, now <laughs> I reckon that's, that's that could be our new benchmark. Intimate knowledge. Have you got – are you all connected enough to have intimate are knowledge? Are you intimate? <laughs> so, what is intimate knowledge? Well, when you get a tip off from a source these days, can you say to them, are you impeccable? And you need to work that out yourself. And then, are you intimate? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. You're quite obsessed with this. A hey, um, couple of questions I had, I had for you, Damo, since yeah. you want to get your word count up. Um, firstly, <laughs> no, I just want to get you to maybe maybe try try this next ten minutes to come up with a better joke that you just attempted. No, there was someone at the door who didn't know how to handle it, so I just failed to attempt humour. Hey, um, ESPN have laid off twenty on air talent as part of cost savings by Disney. So this was uh, a bit of taking out the trash moment. It was done late in the day, and they're not just any identities; they're some of the biggest identities. So NBA analyst. Jeff Van Gundy, Jalen Rose are among them. Max Kellerman, who's the boxing commentator. Susie Colbo, very respected. Kayshawn Johnson, Steve Young, the NFL analysis. Um, they're big names they're, they're in the media, 20, aren't they? They're, they're big names. They're, they're big names, and they would be fairly significant costs. And Disney have been um, clear that they've actually started there to try and preserve as many jobs as they can because of the higher nature of the wage that that talent base would get. Yep. Uh, that, that's a that's a, a ripple, isn't it? Um, what did you make of it? Well, again, Steve Young's a famous quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers and, and a very good analyst too. I mean, Susie Colbo, who you mentioned, um, she she was as recently as the season just gone hosting um, one of the one of the nights that we get um, broadcast here in Australia um, from the NFL. Uh, Jalen Rose, another big name. Max Kellerman worked with... Um, uh, was it uh, Skip Bayless he worked with there for a while? He, he was part of Skip Bayless's show. So they're, they're, they're names yep. and faces that people, I think, internationally would know too. So this whole ESPN model, if, if it's breaking down at, at this stage, it's going to filter down to the way other media outlets around the the world operate too, Archie, and particularly with the bean counters that are clearly at play in every operation. I mean, you'll have a better feel for this topic than, than I will. What's it mean? Well, I think parent company, which is... Uh, ABC, I read, I'm just trying to verify this, but I reckon they did best part of 7,000 jobs that they just got through, right? So one can only assume that ESPN, who were owned by the ABC, have been told to attack their own cost base. 
and they've decided to do it in a manner that talks to the more expensive so that there's less people needed to do. And I don't know what the average wage of that pool or group would be, but it could be as high as two and a half, three, five million dollars average, maybe even more a person in that group. So they might have found the best part of fifty or hundred million dollars, which, you know, you could, if you run that lens on it, it does save a lot of jobs. Um, what's clear is that, um, you know, the winds are shifting pretty hard in this space. Mm. In and I, I read um, even some people in government hoping unemployment rise, which you never would have thought you'd hear. Um, in uh, in recent times, we're, we're fortunate in Australia to be low at mid threes, and the forecast is to get to about you know the fours. So, yeah, it's really um, it's eye opening to be honest. What do you think? Yeah, well, just that. I'm, I don't have the the business um, lens on it or the economic lens on it like like you need to in in, in your main job and 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 as you do with other media around the world. But there's not much coming out of any media outlet. Um, in in any decisions being made these days that are that are positive to the actual craft of 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 media and and journalism and and news breaking is it really there's there's just not much I can't recall the last positive announcement on on mass of, of that nature. Hey, yeah. So uh, there was a yeah. there's a spotting hutch. You know, I often raise this name on on the sounding board, and you give me nothing because you freeze up because of the legal threats that you were given by this person, but. When I raise the name Dylan Howard, you usually just stop talking. But I'm going to raise it again today, okay? Because there was a Dylan Howard spotting in Melbourne on the weekend just gone. And the person who made me aware of this had a good chat to Dylan Howard about your good self. And I feel, I feel from what I've been told out of this conversation, there could be a chance of the catch-up slash breaking of bread coffee with you and Dylan. <laughs> no, there's no need for that. No, I have uh, respect for the journey he's gone on, and no, that's, that's that's uh, where it sits. No, I, yeah, the, the person a... who's reached out to me would, would not have reached out without feeling there was a possibility of that. I have sought permission to use this information publicly today on this program, and I've been given the approval to, to do so. And I just want to put it out there. I think I'm not re- there is going to be a chance for you and Dylan Howard to break bread over coffee. You know my views on catch-up coffee, catch-up coffees, and breaking bread sessions. They, 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 <laughs> their success rate is, <laughs> their, their need is low. Their success rate is even lower than low, and they're not needed in the first place. We don't have any hard feelings against anyone, so, so, so that's where I sit. Don't if, I? if this person is a regular listener to this show, and I actually know him too, B. So, so, so when he hears this and he goes back to to Dylan, what what do you think might happen then? There is no message. There is no. There's nothing to see here. If I could, could I? Okay. Could, could I play? Could, could I play a role in this? Could I be the peacemaker? Damo, I, I don't do patch up coffees, particularly I, when there may or may not be things to patch up. I so think it's you don't even need to worry about it. I think it's important you two do get together again because you you help I'm a, employ Dylan Howard. Dylan Howard was, was a very I good understand. journalist. There's a, there's a lot of backstory to Dylan Howard and. Not all of it's his own fault. I mean, Channel 7, I think, sold him down the river to a point with what happened here in Australia. Um, famously befriended a lot of big names in the States. And, and and you received a legal letter from him once to not mention his name ever again publicly. And I think it's now time that, that you let that pass and you go back resuming the friendship you once had. I understand the humour that you draw from this, but I'm a look-ahead guy, as you know, and that's where it sits. <laughs> 
All so right. we play on. Are you, are you, are you open to it if, if, if I can get something arranged? I feel like I've answered I won't the question. Beat it. You, can ask it, you can ask it as many different ways as you like. You'll get the same answer. The ABC, Dama, can you explain this to me? They've told management to, to overhaul the radio network urgently. Is that what I read in the... I did read that. I, I, I read that. Yeah. Yeah. I did, I did read that myself. I, I didn't go into it. Um, they're clearly making a lot of changes, aren't they? I mean, they've removed um, Andrew Proben as, as the, one of their political bosses there in Canberra on air. And obviously uh, a lot of the decisions being made about how their um, media looks and, and a focus on, on social media and, and social media distribution at the expense of some traditional media. Again, Hachi, I, I don't ever try to claim to know how that, that could and should look from an ABC perspective. You're, you're the one with the strongest views on on the ABC of the two of us. Uh, I, I just I haven't read the backstory to it, but I was surprised. I would have thought that they were um, comfortable with it. They, they're certainly unbelievably well-funded, so they've got the incredible ability to hire the very best people. Because you you of love the throwing that in, don't you? Every volume. single time. You, you love throwing that in. Well, the sheer volume of the amount of money that they're given to do it is is um eye-watering demo that is an eye-watering <laughs> okay <laughs> so seven figures um, plus hey let's get to the question of the week Hachi. on the sounding board it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. if you're choosing to drink choose to drink wise I like this from Rich on Twitter. Given the recent Ashes discussions, what is the journalistic equivalent of spirit of the game? Something that is technically allowed, but everyone agrees is a bit of poor form. I reckon it's a really good question because the whole spirit of the game debate has become part of the the Lord's test narrative. We 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 just spent fifteen or so minutes talking about it. We didn't we didn't even get to the spirit of the game component to it in the end and. I mean, what, what does that even mean in, in 2023 when it's a win at all costs is still prevalent? Um, I'll, I'll just throw up an answer here, Hachi, and, and, and Julian Bayer has raised this as, a, as an example of, of, a, of an answer for this question. The Hall of Fame, which we've had as recently as this, this day of last week, Tuesday of last week, um, most media get access to the, the, the about-to-be-announced nominations and, and recipients of the, the Hall of Fame annually. And I think there was a... There was a uh, a period of time where where some media sort of acted as though they found out information about the inductions and, and still published it, and basically took a lot of edge out of the night. I think they took a lot of the um, emotion out of the night by by going public with some answers. I would argue in the last let's go with ten years for the sake of the conversation. I would argue that most media, all media now, respects that night on that occasion. And I reckon that, and Julian Bayard nominated this as, a, as an answer for this question to Rich, I reckon that's a good example of media playing the spirit of the game. Yep. Yeah, I think it's, it, it, you know, that's, there's some goodwill attached to, to things like that that are of a positive nature. But the problem is, the problem with the spirit of the game comes when competition and outcome is at stake. That's what happens. And that's that's clearly what's happened here in cricket. It's when the, when the, when the opportunity to win towers over the decision of what's in the spirit, then... yeah. There's not really a win in if everyone knows the future Hall of Famers, don't there's not really a win in going first. No, but so they've a, removed the win by telling everybody. There was even a period where, when if you could, if you did find out, and and, and again, I'm not going to name names here. There's no point because we've all done stuff that's questionable in in hindsight. But there was a period there where people were throwing up names who they knew had been told they were going to be in the, the in the Hall of Fame that year, throwing up as opinion yep. pieces. This man, this player should be in. 
and, yep. and trying to do it that way. And, and I think everyone in the media knew what was going on there. But I, I would argue for a good 10 years now, it's been pretty good. Um, even the old days, Hutchie. Sorry, the other thing is that they, they've told everybody. So if I just told one person, look, heads up, these are the eight Hall of Famers, but you can't write it. That, that's going to burn a hole in the journalist's pocket. The journalist is going to find a way to extract some of the information somehow. <laughs> yeah. Again, yeah, it doesn't matter. But I, th- I think that's a yeah, that's a fair um, fair example of, of spirit of the game. But the spirit of the game, just I suppose back to Rich's question, and, and as part of the the Lord's Test match uh, conversations that, that spun out of it, um, I don't get too caught up in in spirit of the game anymore because uh, my version of spirit of the game is different to yours, Hutchie, and it's different yeah. to the combatants, and it's different at a point in time too, as as you say, when there's something at stake and the the winning of a Test match is at stake. All right, absolutely. We're done for this particular episode of the Sounding Board for Drink Wise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to drink wise.